guys. So um, uh, Keith asked me to preach uh, today, <laughs> um, and uh, he, apparently, uh, apparently his family had worms this week and uh, got worms, and so I can't. Uh, they couldn't preach. Ask Ask Abby about it, and uh, and she'll tell you the whole deal uh, about their worms. So. Um, just wanted to start with that. The, um, <laughs> um, we've got microphones everywhere, if you didn't know. I, I, I can't set the Bible down. All right, this is difficult. So, guys, we've got to focus up here, all right? This is getting crazy. Um, you know, I, I just want to start by saying it is really... Uh, a good day today, and it's good when uh, you get to be with your family. Uh, last night, um, we celebrated like 10 birthdays because apparently everyone was born in August in my family, <laughs> and um, so we just had a blast uh, yesterday, and then having uh, the fix come in, um, man, that is, is good news. I, I, I didn't realize that you guys were going to be able to come up, so um, Reese, Sally, I'm glad you're here, and um, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good day when we get to be together as a family. Uh, on Sundays, we get to come together as a church family and as the body of Christ. And that is a, that's a blessing and, uh, and something special that God's given us. And I, uh, I feel like that's one of the things I've been learning more about. And um, I just kind of want to get us started this morning by by focusing in, because if we're going to hear the Spirit this morning, um, we've got to do a few things. We've got to empty ourselves. A few weeks ago, Keith talked about, uh, in the spirit of humility, emptying the things in our lives that are, are hindering us from, from really living out the gospel. And if we're going to be in tune this morning, if, if this is going to be a time where we connect with God, uh, we've got to take a second and, and prepare ourselves. And, and I want us to take a moment and and leave the stuff that we've got going on at home and leave that at home. I know today I, we're, we're doing a ton of stuff to get uh, ready for my, my daughter's first birthday, and that is a lot of fun, but there are also a lot of worries and a lot of things that come with that. And, and for myself, I've got I've to empty myself of that for just a minute. Uh, we've got to approach God's throne with humility. We've got to, to come with a humble attitude. Uh, you know, it's very easy to, to think we've got it on straight all the time. Uh, church on Sunday can be very mundane. It can be very, it's just what we do. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to set that to the side and approach God this morning humbly. And, uh, you know, we just need to, uh, to take a deep breath and be present. Um, you know, we do that by engaging our core, you know, um, our core, what I mean is our mind and our heart. Uh, we've, we've got to be present this morning and not just be a, a passenger or a consumer, but we, we need to be present uh, and, and, and be aware of what's going on right now. So I want to encourage you with that. And I'd like to start, can we have a, a, a male and a female, a guy and a girl pray uh, to get us going this morning? Is there anybody that would like to pray? I'll pray, brother. Okay, Jonesy, and all right, Abby, go for it, Abby. Father, um, it is good to be here together this morning. I am so grateful. 
get to be with you and come before you, and then mm-hmm. these set times during the week we get to come together, God. And my hope is that we are here, present in mind and heart, shares, God. I'm grateful how today, especially, we've got different people from different places even, and just, God, I I pray that um, in the celebrating of the things here during life, that at the same time it brings much glory to you. I pray that we do, uh, as Patrick mentioned, like get out of our own ways and out of each other's ways when we get focused on things that that only matter for a minute here, and and give up thinking on what matters for forever and how you're, you are speaking to us and you're, there are um, so many ways. And again, grateful for the chance to do that together as a family today. Um, we love you so very much and are so grateful for all that you do all the time. Amen. Amen. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much that we get to come before your throne today, God. And and just sing songs to you, God. Sing the same songs that King David sang to you. And uh, God, just to be able to sing just songs of praise and songs of joy. God, because we love you so much. And yeah, uh, because you loved us first, God. And, uh, That's right. Even when we were still sinners, God, um, you loved us. And you continue to love us despite our sin, Father. And, and uh, God, that's amazing to me, God. Uh, we're, we as humans are so easy, quick to judge and quick to to point and find fault, God, and, and I know that I'm, I'm guilty of that, God, and and uh, and you don't do that with us, God. You don't humiliate us because of our sin, God, and and uh, you, you do exactly the opposite, Father. You lift us up, and, and uh, God, you, you get us up out of the muck and the mire, and you clean us up, God, and you present us as holy, God, and uh, we're so grateful for that this morning, God. Um, God, there's not one of us in here, God, that is perfect, not one of us that is, that is holy, not one of us is even close to you, God, and uh, close to being like you, And uh, but you have created us in your image, Father, and we're so grateful for that, we're so grateful that we get to share a piece of your glory today, God, thank you for the, uh, the time that we've got to spend together so far, God, I pray, God, that just some awesome uh, fellowship will happen after church, God, and that uh, some really awesome connections will be made, and God, that your word will cut our heart today, and that uh, we'll be able to learn some amazing things through your scriptures, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. Uh, so what I want to do this morning is uh, I want to kind of take you through some of the stuff that I've been learning uh, in my Bible study time. Um, you know, I've been reading through Ephesians, and I've really been kind of hunkered down in the first three chapters. And uh, I've just been learning a ton about the gospel. And I know for the past year or so, we have been, uh, Keith has been like talking about the gospel and bringing it up. And, and I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm starting to grasp what the gospel is. I'm, I'm, I'm learning about uh, the gospel. It's revealing to me uh, who God is and, and about his character. Um, it's amazing, you know, you know, one of the things, some of the things that we've been learning is that the gospel is the why. It's the motivation of, of this. It's the center of Christianity. It's, uh, it's the foundation that, that all things are built on. 
The gospel is so, so important. And, and oftentimes I, I miss out on the gospel to just do churchy things, to just be a part of a club. And, and as I've been reading, I've been realizing, no, this is much more. This is, this is the, uh, a knowledge and a relationship with God, you know, with the creator. And, um, you know, some of the things I've been learning uh, and that we've been talking about is uh, that the gospel can be seen throughout the whole Bible. It just doesn't start in uh, the New Testament from, the, from day one. When he started creating things, the gospel started. It was, you know, he had a plan to know us and to have a relationship with us and that he was willing to pay the cost to have that relationship. Um, you know, it, it's more than just an understanding. You know, the gospel is a worldview. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's, it's something that should change the way that we see everything. The way that we look at the world, the way that we look at our jobs, our families, our friends, our, you know, everything. It should be looked at through the, through the lens of the gospel. You know, and from there, it, it, it's got to be embodied. The, the gospel, it, it's not enough just to see things through the gospel, but it has to be embodied in our lives to the point where we're living it out. Another word for that is discipleship. You know, the gospel has got to be so, we've got to be so steeped and marinated in it that it's who we become. It's what we live out. It's, uh, it, it's what others experience from being around us. You know, uh, the gospel expresses that we are dearly loved. And I think that's, that's probably the thing that I've, I've been missing the most, that I, I don't realize that God loves me all that much. You know, I, I get in this mindset that I've got to do a ton of stuff. And when I read my Bible every day and when I share my faith and when I'm pure, then God will kind of like me and then he'll kind of pull me into his family. But that's not the thing. That's not how he sees it. What he, what he sees is, man, I'm right here. I'm close to you. I'm close to you. Just, just abide in me. Walk with me. Be with me. You know, I love you. You can be free to go and live a life of the gospel. So I just want to give you a heads up of what we're going to do this morning. We're going to read through chapter 1. And I'm just, we're going to go through and I'm just going to share some of my thoughts uh, that I've been having and some of the things that stuck out to me as uh, I've been reading this. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be any big surprises. I think the thing that's going to be difficult as we do this is for us to be like, well, I've heard that before. That, that doesn't really mean anything to me because... You know, I know, I know he loved me. I know, I know the gospel, whatever. And that's what I want us to fight this morning is as we hear this, I want us to be emptied out enough to, to see this as what it is, the good news, as something worth fighting for, worth living for and dying for. Um, you know, uh, it, this is really, really good stuff. So let's open up to Ephesians 1, and we're just going to dive right in. I, I want to... I want to, there's no way I could go super deep with this, but I, you know, I just want to hit a bunch of highlights and, and hopefully you guys hear the gospel and learn a little bit about who God is through this. Verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. 
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. And I just want to stop there because he's setting it up. He's like, guys, I got something good to tell you. I praise God over the stuff that I'm about to share to you. You know, he starts off with some gratitude. Man, every blessing. We've got things to, we've got things to be grateful for. When is the last time that you praise God for what he's done for you? I, that it, just right there, that was the first thing I heard when I, when I was going through this is I just am not, I don't, ha- I don't have enough gratitude. You know, I don't give thanks to God like I really should. And oftentimes I don't even see the things that he's trying to do in my life that he considers blessings. You know, I, that, that challenges me. But let's jump, let's keep going. It says, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself, according to his favor and will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us with, um, I'm sorry, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us in the beloved. You know, uh, he chose us, guys. And from, I, I think that's that's hard to consider it, hard to, to like comprehend, is that from the beginning, from when he, before he started creating what we all know here as, as life, as the world, as as Clemson, before all of this, uh, he said, I, I want you. I want, I want to have a relationship with you. That, that's crazy to me. And um, I, I, can get, I can read that. And the thing that I get caught up on is where it says predestined. And I'm like, oh, you know, this right here, that's not, you know, how does that work, you know? And you tell me I don't have a choice. And, um, you know, I, I don't want us to get hung up on that because he did predestine us. He, he from the, the time we were born, he set us on a path to know him. And, and that might be hard to, to comprehend that, like, from the time Rory was born, he's been walking with Rory. And he's like, I want to know Rory. And as she grows, I want her to know me. And I'm going to do whatever I've got to do for her to find me. Isn't that awesome? He, he set her on a path. He set each one of us on a path that someday we're going to find him and we're going to see him. And that doesn't mean we always do. It doesn't mean we always see him. But from the beginning, he's saying, you know what? I've got you. He knows the hairs on it. Why in the world would the creator, he's like forming us in our mother's womb. And why once the second he's born, say, now I'm running away. I'm getting far away from you and you got to come find me. Why? Does that make any sense to you? No, no. He's from the very beginning. I've got a path laid out for you and I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to do things in your life so that you're getting, so you'll see me. So, so that you'll know I'm here with you. Right. He predestined that. He said, I got a plan. Yeah, right. Man, we can take faith in that. 
We've got to start from a place of closeness. God's starting from a place with closeness with us, and we've got to know that, golly, he's here with us. we just got to look for him. We've got to see him. Verse 7 says, We have redemption in him through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches Sorry. According to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he planned in him for the administration of the days of fulfillment to bring everything together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. You know, uh, I want us to hear how much stuff, as we read through this, how much is through Jesus. Without Jesus, the gospel doesn't really work. You know, uh, I just want us to, to consider that as we keep going through this, is how often Jesus, the Messiah, the Beloved, you know, we hear about his blood, all those things... Jesus is, a, is the center of all this. All of these things that we're getting, this relationship and all that stuff is through Christ. It's through the Messiah. It's through his blood. Without Jesus, this, this wasn't going to be possible. You know, and that's a good segue into the redemption. You know, God loves us so much. And, and from the, we're, we're getting this picture that we're, we started the journey of life and God's walking through life with us. And even if we don't know he is, he's walking through this life with us. And he's seeing the way that we live and the things that we do. And he understands that we need redemption, forgiveness, and grace. He's not surprised when we blow it. He's not surprised or confused when we do certain things from the very beginning. You know, he's known that he's, he's going to have to show us some forgiveness and give us some grace. That's encouraging to me. You know, I know I blow it. I'm a sinful dude. And, and to understand that he's got enough understanding about me and, and he, he has a knowledge about me and it's his will that, that he would, would do that, that gives me... That gives me courage. Yeah, that gives right. me some hope that this life isn't hopeless. That, that it's not a, all about my performance. He loves me before my performance. Before I was able to, to do any of these good deeds or these good works. He's, he loves me. Guys, this is, this is good stuff. And, uh, he goes on from there, and, and he's like, i got a mystery for you. I've got a secret I want to tell you. And uh, he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do something. And this, gives, this gets me excited. This gives me a lot of pressure, uh, pleasure. You know, everything on earth and in heaven, I'm bringing it together. You know those things? The, the people that are far out there. I'm walking with them, and the people over here, I'm walking with them, and all around the world, I'm walking with all these people, I'm doing all these things, and, I, and I'm pulling them closer. I keep, I'm like drawing them to me. 
And, and in my head, I just picture us being like drawn to the earth through gravity. Every, it affects every person, every single thing on the world, like in the world. Everything gets drawn and sucked to the center. And, and I, I see God, and, and He's saying, That's what I'm doing. You, you want to know about predestiny? I'm pulling everybody to me. I, I'm, it's like I'm drawing them to me. I'm calling them, come. Come close to me. Be near me. And this gets me excited. It gives me pleasure to do this. Oh, man, I want you close. You guys, are you guys getting that feeling yeah. from reading this? He's like, you, it's like I, I want to pull you close. I want you in my family. Yeah. Uh, man, I... I love that. I mean, I didn't even I didn't even talk about the predestined to be adopted. I want you in my family. Golly, that's so good. It says in verse 11, we have also received an inheritance in him predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in the Messiah might bring praise to His glory. And if if redemption was not enough, if 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 Him saying I'm choosing you, I want you was not enough, He's like, you know what? I got there's more. I got something you, for you to look forward to, and something that I'm looking forward to is that. We're going to spend eternity together. I like. I want that so badly. Not, it's not good enough for you to be in my family. I want to be with you forever. And I've got a plan for that. And I like from the beginning, I've set it up so that as many people as possible can come be with me forever. That's, that's what I want. Golly, this is so good. You know... Uh, Death is very, very sad. And uh, I think one of the things that we see in life is that, man, one of the hardest things is when, when a loved one passes. When someone we really deeply care about, you know, just the idea, like, the idea of them being gone. The fact that I will never be able to see that person again. Doesn't that make you sad? I'm just talking about it. I'm not even thinking about anyone in particular. I'm like, golly, that wrenches my heart. And God says, you know what? I got a plan for that. I've got an inheritance for you. I, a good time that will never end. A place where we can go on forever and I'll never leave you. A place where you'll never not be able to see me. I'm working that out. I'm working that out for you. Golly. Do we hope in that? Do you guys see the hope in that? That's like... I think, I think in our minds we, we read about hope of the calling, the hope of, of Jesus is something that we'll get here in this life. Some, some trinket that we'll get. A nice car, a bigger house, a, a big family or something like that. I, Something that we'll receive now, but God said, you know what? The, the gift, the thing I want you to be excited about and look forward to is this opportunity to be with me, the creator, for yeah. eternity. Yeah. Uninterrupted time. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, I was thinking, yeah. 
I was thinking about my wife, you know, and uh, my wife loves some uninterrupted time, you know, and I know the women in here with, with your guy, the more uninterrupted time you can get, the better. Could you imagine an eternity? Well, maybe you don't want an eternity with your guy. Okay, I get that. Maybe not. But, but what I'm saying is that, that there is something, there's something in us that, that we want to be known and we want to, yeah. to be accepted and we want time just to be together mm-hmm. and to, to have someone hear me out and to hear about the people that we love. And God's saying, I want that. Yeah. I want that. And a lifetime's not enough. Eternity is what I need. This is like, that is how much our God loves us. That is a, that's amazing. Golly. Um, and, and know what? He does all this stuff again. He does this for his own glory. To bring himself honor, to bring himself praise. None of this is because we've, we've done something or that we've arrived, uh, you know, I heard a quote, and it's something like this, it's like, salvation doesn't come from us choosing Christ, but that Christ chose us. You know, uh, our acceptance from God doesn't come from, from our works, or the things that we do, but from the deep and passionate and overflowing love that God has for us. God, Does that make you excited? Does that stir anything in you? Hopefully it does. Hopefully this is something that it speaks to you because it's been speaking to me. And I, I feel like this right here is I miss out on this stuff. Man, so let's, uh, let's keep moving on here. And I, I feel like things change up a little bit and and Paul's like uh, starts talking about how he's going to pray for his people, and, and and this right here is he's like, guys, this is important stuff I'm about to, to say here, and um, and I pray for these things for you. It says, this is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. And I, I got to stop here because Paul's attitude challenges me so much. I can't remember the last time I gave thanks to God because I saw someone else being faithful. Yeah. Because I saw someone else deal with a hard time in a faithful way. Say, thank God that there are faithful people and other people that love you the way uh, you want them to love you. And in Matthew 5, 15 through 16... We all know this scripture here. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works. And uh, a lot of times we focus on that part, but we miss out on on the second part. And give glory to your Father in heaven. And, and, And there are faithful people in this world. And there are people that are not a part of our church who are faithful. And there are people in our church who are faithful. And having a connection with God and such a deep love for God that you can notice faithfulness and say, thank God for that. There's not enough of that in the world. 
and pray for that and, and show gratitude and express that. For myself, I'm way too critical. When I see someone do something faithful, I question their motives. I question what they're doing. I, I want to be competitive and say, I could have done that better. Golly, when's the last time you've just... Thank God for that. Thank God for you. You know, yeah. Praise Him because, because good stuff, man. you got some deep faith. That challenges me. Yeah. Let's keep reading here. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. It's important that we know who God is. Right. Uh, Paul understood that. And he prayed for others that, that we would know God for who He really is. His true character. That we would have an understanding of that. And... Um, and I think sometimes we just settle for a cheap gospel, a, a, something where a, a surfacey relationship, you know, um, you know, we're just coworkers or we're just acquaintances. And 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 he says here that uh, you know he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It, and in my mind, that a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, like. Like something supernatural would come into us so that we could better understand Him. And uh, I, that is just, we have got to seek God out and pray and, and hunger and thirst for God in a deeper way. And that, that, that is so challenging to me. Yeah. He goes on from here and says, I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened. Some versions say that the eyes of your heart would be opened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And so we talked a little bit about this, but I, I want you to consider for a second of the hope of his calling. Have you ever considered that when he's calling us that he has some hopes? That he desires something? That maybe it's not all about us? That's, a, that's an interesting thought that, like, I remember when, when Sarah and I were dating, and I called her, man, I hoped that she would pick up the phone. I hope when I asked her out on a date that she'd say yes. You know, I know that there's, there's some girls in here that, like, that guy walks by, and I hope he talks to me. I hope he notices me. You know, we've all experienced that. We know what that kind of feels like. Have you ever thought that God's like, I'm, I'm laying it out on the line for, for this person. I'm laying it on the line for you. What? I hope they respond when I call. I hope that they hear me when I, when I put myself out there. I hope they notice that Jesus died. I hope that they see it. I hope that they'll come walk with me. That they'll be with me. That is like... I think, I think we don't often realize that in this way that God's been pursuing us this lifetime over generations and generations that he's been pursuing us. And he's coached like he's like, come on, come on, I'm here, I love you, come be with me. That he has a few hopes of his own, you know. That's an interesting thought. That, that makes me think a little bit differently. And there's definitely some hopes that we have, but... 
I think he hopes that that we'll we'll heed his call, that we'll come and, and be with him. You know, it goes on that it goes on and it says, I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints? And again, I think I think sometimes we read this and, and we immediately go to the, the things that I get, the things that that I'm looking forward to, but the idea that God has an inheritance in all this too. This stuff brings him pleasure and he's looking forward to this just as much as we should be. You know, in Ephesians 1, 9, 10 that we just read, it, it says that it gives him pleasure to bring all things together. It gives him pleasure to do that in Deuteronomy 32.9 and uh, where Moses is singing his song he says that the Lord's portion is his people. That's you know when they were dividing it all up his portion is, is, is you guys, is the people. Psalms 33.12 Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. He's like, guys, you're mine. You're my people. You're what I look forward to. You're the thing that I get excited about. That's, that's what I, like, when I, like, the thing that I'm looking forward to is that eternity. I've been planning it. I've got homes built for you guys. I've got, I've got it set up. I'm excited about this. And Paul's like, I want you to pray. I want you the eyes of your heart to be open to understand how God feels about you. To understand the, the relationship that he actually desires. You know, I think also it's a, to understand that, that when we get to heaven, it's, it's not all about us. I mean, I, I just imagine, like, I know my mom, she gets so pumped when everyone comes together, you know, in one house. For the holidays. So, and, and a lot of you parents can feel that way. It's like when the whole crew comes together, oh, that's a sweet thing because as, as it gets older, people are everywhere and it's not as often as it happens. And I just get this idea that God's like, He was like, oh yeah, it's going to be sweet when this happens because the whole band's getting back together. We're all going to be together and we're just going to enjoy being together. Oh man, that's we've got to pray for these things. For ourselves and for other people. And then finally, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his vast strength? He demonstrated his power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in heaven, far above every ruler and authority power and dominion and every title given not only in this age but also in the ones to come he put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church which is his body the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way you know Paul wants us to understand how powerful God is and the example that he gives of his power is raising Jesus from the dead. And, and he talks about raising him up and sitting him on the throne. And he says, you know what? 
you get to experience that power too through baptism. That you get, that I will raise you from the dead. Without me, you were dead. And you were living a life that was dead and empty. And you wonder why so many people in this life commit suicide. And that that, that feel like there's nothing to live for. Because everything under the sun is meaningless. That without God, everything is meaningless. You know, I, I just want us to think for a second. You know, I was thinking about His power. And how hard is it for us to forgive someone? Just one person who has wronged us. Is that pretty difficult? Yeah. Yeah, we can hold on to grudges forever. And it can be, you know, it can be from the smallest little thing. And I want you to, like, for one person that's difficult for us to do, I want, to, I want you to imagine the power it takes to have forgiveness for the whole world. For every person throughout, throughout every generation. He has enough power and, and enough toughness and all the stuff needed to say, it's okay. I know, I know you wanted to divorce me. I know you wanted to leave. I know that you don't want to walk the same way I want to walk all the time. But you know what? I forgive you. I've got grace for you. I've got patience and gentleness and kindness. That's a power that most of us can't harness. You know, We have trouble doing that for one person. And he does that for every person who has ever lived and will live. That's, that's a power that I, I, I can't comprehend. So I want us, uh, you know, uh, one last thing, and this is, this is also really encouraging here. You know, uh, right here at the end, it says, it says, and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness, uh, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. And so, saying here, the way I read that, I'm open to being wrong, but the way that I read that is, is the church fulfills him. Like, what we're doing here right now is the fullness of God. When we are like connected to the head, which is Jesus, and when we are living out the gospel and all that, we become like, he's proud of that. That fills me up the same way that we're proud when our child has accomplished something. You know, I was I thought it was pretty cool when Lori started walking. I'm like, come on, girl. That's awesome. I feel proud about that, and that fills me up. I think that's how God feels about the church. He's like, you guys are my body, and I like that gives me joy and it fills me up. It fills my heart up to see you guys down there trying, giving it your all, doing what you need to do to make me Lord. I like there there's something neat about that. So, guys, that's as much as I want to read. I, I want I want us to consider: Did this like stir in you? Hopefully, you you read this or you heard a God say, "I love you. I love you. I want you to be in my family from the very beginning to the very end. I want to walk with you. I want to be with you. I'm excited about you. Do you guys feel that way?" Or is this just kind of like, I've heard it before. I'm okay with like, 
this just being a, something neat to talk about on Sunday mornings. This, this right here is the good news, and this is what Paul would share about. Like, we get caught up in the things that, man, we got to do this, and we got to do that, and we got to. This, he's like, he would, this is what he would share, and then he'd say, for this reason. For this reason. Because God has shown you so much mercy and so much grace and has been so patient for this reason. Live a life worthy of the call. And, and I think that we get just caught up in doing all the things, the churchy things that are required to, to go to church or to yeah. be a disciple. And that's, we miss out on the gospel. We miss out on the good news and get caught up just doing things. Our response should be live a life worthy, worthy of the calling. Our response to this is as I have done for you, now you do to, the, to others. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. If that's not our response to this, then we're not really getting it. If this isn't like being embodied, then, then we need to go back and spend some more time reading and soaking that first part up because that's the reason why we do this. That's the motivation for living like this. If, if that doesn't appeal to you, what I just read, then Christianity is probably not for you. Why would you just come and do a bunch of stuff? That's right. If, if you don't really want to know the Creator, if you don't really want to know God, that doesn't do anything. You know, we read that... Uh, God is pulling all things together. I want to read in Ephesians 4 real quick. And, and this speaks to me. Um, here we'll, we're going to look at verse 11. And we're going to read through 16. And it says, He personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. So in all his planning, he's like, I got a plan for this. He's like, I love you so much, but I'm going to put people in your life to train you how to do my work. And I think oftentimes we can, we can, we can think, for this reason, we have a preacher, and he does the work of the ministry. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying, for this reason... I'm going to teach you how to do my work, how to be a minister of Christ so that you can build and grow the church, so that you can build and grow uh, the body of Christ, that, that thing that fills me up. And it says, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness, then he will no longer then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit but speaking the truth in love let us grow in every way into him who is the head Christ from him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. And so you get this idea that as each person connects with the gospel 
and understands for that reason, they begin to promote growth. That it's like, like a seed planted and, and our job is to promote growth within the church. And that means going and sharing our faith and reaching out to people. But that's not all that it means. It means expressing love. And it is, how have you promoted growth recently? Have you experienced the gospel in a way that says, you know what, I need to love up on somebody. I need to take what I've, get, what I've gotten and share it with someone and help bring someone closer to God. As, as he brings people in, that I'm going to help promote that growth that God's promoting. You know? That's, that's our job here. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can do that. You know, our, our job is to, to express love. Uh, you know, as we've been shown love, we need to show love to others. And that's a pretty unconditional thing that we've been shown. And so that love must also be unconditional. That is, uh, that's a very hard thing to do. It, the idea is simple, and it is, I, before I knew God, I knew that I wanted to be someone who was generous and someone who loved up on others and who could, could, could be that kind of person. That was appealing to me. But through God, we have purpose, and, and that expression of love has got to be so unconditional. That's why they talk about loving our enemies. And, and loving those who don't deserve it. And forgiving uh, when people don't need, deserve to be forgiven. And showing grace, you know, as we've been shown grace. And that is, that is a high calling. And, and guys, but that's the expectation. As, as we have been loved, as we have for, been forgiven, we also need to do that for others. Uh, you know, another thing, for this reason, uh, we have repentance. And repentance is good news. Oftentimes, repentance is uh, something that is, it's got a negative connotation. It's something that we see as like, man, you tell me i got to come into the light with something. I've got to like expose myself in an uncomfortable way. I've got to put myself out there and, and tell you all the bad things that I've ever done. That's not the way God, I believe, views repentance. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the gospel, thinking about the things that I was read. I was thinking about repentance and the idea of coming into light. And so I think husbands understand when you're getting ready to go out, your wife takes a little bit longer. And so if, for me, what I've learned to do is I sit on the sofa when I know we, we've got to be somewhere or leave. It's easier if I just go sit on the couch for a second, you know, and let her run around and try on the 20 shirts she wants to try on. And, and do makeup and do all the things that she needs to do. And then and then when she's getting close to, not when she's ready, but when she's close to being ready, she comes out and says, what do you think? How do I look? You like this shirt? No? Yes? No? Yes? And then she'll go in and try on 10 more things and then come back up. This one? Yes? No? Yes? No? I just imagine that, that God is, is sitting on the sofa and he's saying, come in the light, I want to see you. Come in the light, let me see what you got on. You know, I, I want to see you. I've been telling you all along, I want to see you. Come in the light so I can see you. And you step out there and he's like, ooh, that outfit doesn't look great. <laughs> going to change, you know? And then so you go and you try on something else and you try a bit and you come out and you're like, 
How's this one look? It's a little better, but uh, you know, you get this idea of a father and a daughter, a husband and a wife, where there is so much love and there's so much grace that when you come out and you're wearing a ridiculous outfit, God, you know, God's saying, man, that's hilarious. Go change. You know, <laughs> you can't go out looking like that. You know, I, I, I imagine that that's how he views us. He's like, hey, just go change. Just go and just come right back. Go change. Come right back because I want to be with you. I still want to go out with you tonight. You know, that's that's what he's saying to us. And that takes doesn't that take a lot of pressure off of repentance where it's like our whole goal is to present ourselves holy to God. You know, and so we go and we're trying to do our best and it's not going to be perfect every time. That's right. But it's not about being perfect every time. Mm -hmm. He said, just come be in the light. I want to see you. Come see me. And he's not going to stop us. He's going to say, hey, just go change. Go put out something else on and come back. I love that. That gives me encouragement. You know, the the last thing is uh, is that for this reason, we've got to seek God out. He's calling us, and he's, he's, like, he's, he's like laying it out for us. Everywhere we go, all this stuff. We've got to reciprocate some of that. You know, we've got to go out and look for him. And, and I think a lot of times we can get caught up with the only time I ever seek God is in the morning when I'm reading my Bible. And that's a good thing to do. We've got to like read our Bible and dig deep and all that stuff. But if that's the only place we are looking for God, that we're seeking Him out, I feel like we're going to miss out on a lot of God. Right. You know, because God is like, He's, he's saying, I know you in and out. I, I made you, and I'm walking with you, and I'm doing things. I'm calling you to me. And there are things happening in our life that God's trying to call us with. And we've got to have, we've got to seek Him out in those opportunities. You know, I won't read it here, but in Deuteronomy... 14 uh, and 22 through 26. You know, he's setting, he, he has this thing where he's like, take a tenth of, of, of your, your, your produce, of your stuff, take a fat calf and kill it and eat it in front of me and enjoy yourself, you know? And he's like, you know, and if, if it's too far to get to me, sell what you got, take the money and come and have a big meal. He's like, it doesn't matter what you eat. Get beer, get wine, get get a goat, get whatever. Come and enjoy my presence. Come eat in my presence. When's the last time that you you search for God and a meal around the table? When's the last time you experienced God just having dinner with your family or with friends? You know, I I think we can experience God in a ton of different ways, and we've just got to be open to looking for Him, open to seeing Him. So. Guys, what I would love for you to do is uh, this is what I that's what I got. I, I want us to to know that God loves us. I want us to uh, for that reason to go and live a life worthy of the calling. And I want to encourage you guys this week. We've been doing thirty for thirties, and if you don't know what that is, uh, we it's taking thirty minutes and writing down thirty thoughts that you have on a section of scripture. And just really taking some time to meditate, steep, to like let it soak in. And uh, I want to encourage us to do that with Ephesians 1, 15 through 19 this week.
Take some time to just sit and think about it, to let it soak in and write down your thoughts and, and, and to, to try and go deep with that so that we can have a deeper understanding of